Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This program is brought to you weekly by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. Stay tuned for today's message. Good morning and welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. This is Elder David Wise here with you this morning, and we would like to welcome you on behalf of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, where I pastor at 11 Staten Road in Ackerman, Mississippi. And we'd also like to invite you on behalf of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church and their pastor, Elder Joe Nettles. And we partner in this program, and both of our churches meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and we'd love to have you come and see us. And also, if you are looking for a worship opportunity in the middle of the week, we would heartily invite you to come to New Covenant Church in Starkville, Mississippi, 200 West Garrett Road. And we use their facility on Wednesday night and have a worship service beginning at 6 p.m. followed by supper. So we would love to have you come out and worship with us. If you are not in the North Mississippi area, we would certainly direct you to our website to find a Primitive Baptist Church directory to find a church that may be closer to you. And we'd invite you to go to our website, gospel-of-grace.com. Be sure and subscribe and check out that website for past messages and for links to our podcast. And you can also go to macedonia-pbc.org. That's Macedonia's website. And we have a lot of past sermons, both from the radio and from Sunday sermons on the website that we hope can be edifying to you. If you do listen, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to know that you're out there. So please contact us with the information that is on the radio website. Today on the program, we'd like to continue our spiritual warfare series and look at angelic defenses. And particularly in a military sense, we see angels all throughout the Word of God fulfilling different roles, but they are presented in many instances as fighting on our behalf in a military sense. And that's an exciting thing to think about that angels are fighting on our behalf. And we'd like to be able to think on that and meditate on that together on the program this morning. We pray the Lord will bless our consideration of this with his Holy Spirit. And we certainly hope you can stay tuned as we'll bring that message right after the playing of this song. He's gone, the spotless soul is gone, triumphant to his place above. The prison walls are broken down, the angels speed his swift remove. And shouting on their wings he flies, and goes to rest in paradise. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Lamb of God. Glory, glory, let us sing grateful honors to our King. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Lamb of God. Saved by the merit of his Lord, glory and praise to Christ he gives. He now enjoys the full reward. 
Lord, the joys of heaven he now receives. The life he lived while here below is proof that he's at rest, we know. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Lamb of God. Glory, glory, let us sing. Grateful honors to our King. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Lamb of God. Good morning and welcome back to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. We're very thankful to have you here with us. When we're trying to look at spiritual warfare and look at our defenses, God has promised that his angels would encamp round about them that fear him. And we want to focus on that this morning and look at the instances that God sends his angels to deliver in a mighty and a powerful way when God's children are in time of need. And to introduce this thought, we'd like to go to 2 Kings chapter 6, and here we find Elisha and his servant, and they've been surrounded, and the servant is terrified because he sees a great number of military around them, and he's just terrified they're going to be killed, and Elisha's going to be killed. But Elisha has had another vision. He had a spiritual vision of what was going on around them. And then he gets up and he said, fear not. And the servant's like, fear not? What are you talking about? We have just reason to be terrified. Look at all these people surrounding us. Elisha says, fear not. There are more with us than are with them. And then that's when he said, wow, you've really lost it, Elisha. <laughs> I mean, I've followed you all these years and I've believed you, but you can't count very well. You've lost track of your math skills. There are, there's not thousands of people or a whole lot more than two of us. So then Elisha prays and said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And you see, that is the spiritual reality that is all around us that we can't see. Now understand, I don't know if there's necessarily always mountains full of horses and chariots on just a regular daily basis, but in times of great need, God dispatches his army of angels to provide for his children where they're in great need. And doesn't that just give you such comfort and encouragement and hopefully boldness to know that there is a spiritual reality that I, I feel the attacks of Satan. I feel these challenges that I have on a daily basis. And some days it just feels like I struggle a lot more than another day. And, and I don't even know the reason why. Well, a lot of that is because there may be a devil that's afflicting you. Well, don't ever think that that devil is afflicting you and he has total control. No, there is an angel that is there fighting on your behalf that has been that has been dispatched from heaven under the direction of the captain of your salvation. And then the more intense that fight gets, the more God is going to send angels. And understand, there are always more angels on our side than there are unclean spirits on the devil's side. There are always more with us than are with them. And God has this army, this legions of angels that he can send to, on our behalf. 
to fight on our behalf. And the more intense, this is the thought I want you to understand, the more intense that the fighting gets, the more God sends angels to protect us. And it, it, we can get very terrified with the circumstances around us, but the more intense it gets, the more God will send his angels to protect his people. Let's go to Daniel chapter 10. And we find here this beautiful account of God sending a messenger to encourage Daniel. But actually, I want to note very quickly while we're here in Daniel chapter 9, Daniel is praying this prayer of confession. And it says here that an angel is sent. This is Gabriel, actually, Daniel chapter 9. And it says that as I was speaking, Gabriel shows up and he says, In verse 23, at the beginning of thy supplication, the commandment came forth and I am come to you to show you. And then he gives him the prophecy of the 70 weeks, which is a beautiful prophecy of the Messiah and the coming kingdom. But that is a beautiful reminder as well that God hears our prayers. And not only does God hear every one of our prayers, he knows the thoughts and the intents of our heart. He knows and intercedes, Christ intercedes with us for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And isn't it amazing to think about how much attention comes to the sincere, repentant prayers of the saints in heaven that as he began to pray, just as Daniel begins this prayer, that God sends Gabriel from heaven to go and tell Daniel, your prayer is heard on high. I'll tell you, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man and a righteous woman, it avails much. And boy, it's exciting to think about the fact that our prayers are heard in heaven. You know, it says that there was, it says in the book of Revelation that there was silence in heaven for half an hour. Why was there silence in heaven for half an hour? Because the prayers of the saints were coming up before God. And here we find that God hears the prayer of his people and he dispatches Gabriel immediately to go minister to one of God's elect. And isn't that just exciting? We should should just repent every day of our prayer life. If we understood the impact that our prayers make in heaven, that it comes up as a sweet-smelling savor before God, and God will dispatch Gabriel in this instance to go and tell us that God heard you. I'll tell you, why would we ever neglect that, right? Why would we not pray without ceasing? Why would we not pray more diligently for the things that we stand in need of here in this world when we know that God will dispatch angels on our behalf to go bless the children of God that are in need, right? That's a beautiful reminder that God hears our prayers and he sends angels to bless us based on our prayers. That's why we need to be praying without ceasing. Amen. And then in the next chapter, Daniel's praying again and he's fasting. It says in multiple places, we, we pray and we fast that our prayers will be heard on high. God takes special attention when you pray, but he takes also special attention when you pray and fast. So God sends another angel to minister to Daniel as he's faithfully praying and he's fasting. And he says here, the angel shows up in Daniel chapter 10 and in verse 12, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and chasten thyself before the Lord, thy words were heard on high. Which, by the way, that's another very important point in fasting. He fasted and he prayed, and he said, as soon as you began to fast, heaven took special attention of your prayers. 
I'll tell you, that's nothing we don't need to neglect is fasting, that the Lord will hear our prayers on high. And he said, as soon as you began to chasten yourself, as soon as you began to fast, the Lord took special attention of your prayers. He tells Daniel, fear not, for from the first day you began to chasten yourself, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty-one days, but lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the princes of Persia. And he goes and encourages him, and then I'm about to leave, but I am going to return to that battle. He tells him this in verse 20, knowest thou wherefore I am come unto thee, now I will return to fight with the prince of Persia. When I am gone, and lo, the prince of Grecia shall come, but I will send thee that which is noted in Scripture, and there is none that withholdeth with me in these things but Michael your prince. Michael the archangel was sent to have this fight. So first of all, God hears his prayers, and he dispatched, and he intends to send a angel to help him, but the fighting was so intense. Whatever was happening, maybe this was a military conflict. You know, I can only imagine in my spiritual mind what was happening in many of these military conflicts between the people of God and between the wicked, and you had the natural blood and gore that are happening down on the ground. But can you imagine the spiritual warfare that was going on between Michael and the prince of Persia and the prince of Grecia in the spiritual realm at the same time that it was happening in the natural realm? It's just amazing to think about that. But the fighting was so intense here with the prince of Persia that this angel did not immediately get relieved to go minister to Daniel. But understand, these angels were fighting on behalf of God's people. And then God never is going to allow his people to, to be overwhelmed. He sends somebody to minister to Daniel. But what does he do in his stead? He sends Michael. He sends Michael the archangel to minister him. And then the angel says, now I'm about to have to go right back to the battle. And then also there's another prince of Grecia that's coming. Fast forward a little bit in Daniel chapter 11 and you have prophecies of things that are going to occur. And then I believe at the latter half of Daniel chapter 11, you have a looking forward to a king that will come later in time. And it's my interpretation and understanding of this, that this is the man of sin. So I believe the conclusion of Daniel chapter 11, particularly verses 36 to verse 45, is the man of sin and his rise to power and his surrounding of the saints that correspond with so many other places in scripture. And it says that this is going to be a time of trouble such as never was there since there was a nation upon the earth even to that time. And that's terrifying, isn't it? It's terrifying to hear about this king that's going to wear out the saints, that's going to overcome the, the saints of God for a period of time, and he's going to martyr them and he's going to kill them. And it seems like that he is just ruling and reigning with no checks and balances. Well, what's going to happen at that time? What's going to happen when he galvanizes the whole world to surround the people of God in Jerusalem. What's going to happen at that time? Daniel chapter 12 and in verse 1, at that time shall Michael, 
stand up, that great prince, which standeth up for the people. And it describes this again as being a time of trouble that had never been. And then what happens when Michael stands up for his people? Praise God, Jesus comes back and the resurrection is ushered in, right? Verse two, many of them that sleep in the dust shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and contempt. Those that be wise shall shine at the brightness of the firmament and they shall turn to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. And that's what's gonna happen at the second coming of the Lord right? That Jesus is going to come back, but it says many times that he's going to come back with his angels. He's going to come back with Michael, the archangel. And I believe that there's a good chance that it's the shout of Michael, the archangel. There's going to be a trumpet that sounds and, and Michael has that trumpet and he's going to sound that trumpet and he's going to shout. And then it's at the voice of the son of God that all of the dead are going to come out of the graves. But understand, this is a time of suffering. And I tell you, I hope Jesus comes back today. I sure hope he does. But it sure seems to me that based on the prophecy of scripture, that things have to get a lot worse before Jesus comes back. Because I don't believe that we can be realistic and say that it's a time of suffering worse than this world has ever seen. And if you think it is, I think you need to read some more history books. I'll tell you, I don't think it's as bad as it's going to get. I sure hope and pray I'm wrong and Jesus comes back right now. But I believe that there will be a time of suffering of God's people prior to his second coming that has never been seen. And think about all the suffering in this world. Think about the suffering and the destruction of Jerusalem where they resorted to eating their own children. And it says that the time of suffering is going to be worse than that. Well, that's terrifying, isn't it? That's terrifying. Well, don't be alarmed because God's army led by Michael the archangel is going to come and defend God's people. That's what the angels have been doing ever since the beginning of the world. They've been coming and defending God's people against Satan, against the devil, and against all of his minions. And that final victory will be had, no doubt, at Jesus' second coming. So Michael stands up to defend us. And praise God, he does that on a daily basis with us as well. We find Michael in the book of Jude disputing with Satan over the body of Moses. Satan is the accuser of the brethren, and Michael rebuked him. And we rebuke him the same way that Michael rebuked him, which is the Lord rebuked thee. It's the Lord's battle, not ours. We find many instances where the Lord appears personally or by his angels with his children that were in great need. There's a couple times he showed up himself. Think about Daniel chapter three, where the three faithful Hebrew men refused to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar and they're cast in the fire. Well, what happened? Nebuchadnezzar saw the form of a fourth, which is like the son of God walking in there with them, which is a beautiful picture that during times of suffering, during times when we're being persecuted, Jesus is going to be right there with us, right? We think about Stephen, right? When he's standing up for truth and he's being martyred and being persecuted, what did God do? I believe there's a reason why it says there in that account that Stephen's face shone like the angels. I think part of the reason for that is because there were angels all around him. And then God opens up heaven to where he could see Jesus Christ standing on the right hand of God, ready to welcome him into heaven. The greatest suffering that we have here in this time, here in our lives, is when God's, God will send angels to bless us the most. 
during our time of need. We find a couple chapters later in Daniel chapter six that Daniel's faithfully praying three times a day and his enemies create this law and then he continues to pray faithful and he's thrown in the lion's den. Well, what happens in the lion's den? It says that an angel was there with him. An angel protected him from ravenous lions. And sometimes we just think about that as a children's story. Oh, oh, how sweet that God blessed him to just be playing with these lions like little bitty cats down in the lion's den. These are animals that should have killed him. Why? Did they not? Because an angel had the authority to change the nature of the, of the lion in the midst of that situation where Daniel could have been killed. There was an angel there with him to protect him. And God will do the same thing for us. We see many instances where God is protecting us. Also, there are times where angels send judgment. We don't need to overlook that. There was an angel that was sent on the day of the Passover. And it was the angel of the Lord that came and slew all the firstborn. There's a period of time when David is sinned and God sent judgment. And there was an angel that David saw with a sword across all of Jerusalem. And then he makes a sacrifice. And then the angel draws back that sword. So, so angels send judgment. But sometimes they send judgment upon God's people too. When God's people are in sin. So we find angels sending judgment, but they, many times they send judgment against the enemies of God and against God's people. Now, how is it? Think about, think about Jericho, which by the way, we don't have time to really dig into this as much as I'd like to, but you can do this on your own, food for thought. Many of the parallels between the victory at Jericho, surrounding the city seven times, there's, a, there's trumpets involved, walls falling down. Think about Babylon falling down. There are so many similarities to that of the second coming of the Lord and the destruction of Jericho. And I would encourage you to study that on your own. But in those many instances where it just doesn't make any sense that God's people won victories, think about the day of Jericho. Think about the battle of Jericho where they sound a trumpet, they shout, and then the walls fall down and they destroy Jericho. Well, do you think that just those natural things was all that was happening right there. No, there was a spiritual warfare that was going on, right? There were angels there battling against the angels of Jericho, if you will, the angels of darkness. There were angels right there. Think about Gideon. Gideon, when he's facing these thousands of Midianites and he only had 300 men and they take these vessels and they break them and all of this. How do you think those victories happened? How do you think those victories happen? They happen by angels, right? They happen by angels. And of course, the most dramatic of these mighty victories that angels have wrought for God's people is when the angel killed 185,000 Assyrians. This is in 2 Kings chapter 19. It's also in Isaiah chapter 37, and you can turn over there and read it yourself. But this is an instance where God's people were sorely outnumbered, just like in Jericho, just like with Gideon's 300. And what did God do? God sent an angel. I mean, sometimes we just read these things and we're like, oh yeah, that's right, the angel killed, how many was it? Oh, 185,000, wow, that's amazing. Let that sink in for a minute. God's angel killed 185,000 Assyrians. And he didn't just do it randomly. Those Assyrians were about to battle God's people. God sent that angel to defend his people from the enemies of God, and God wiped them out. And sometimes 
We look at that and we're like, well, that's amazing. God did that. Guess what? God is just the same today. We like to sing that song, don't we? But do we really believe that? Do we really believe that God is just the same today? We talked last time about how God miraculously delivered Peter twice out of prison. I mean, we would look at people being thrown in prison today. Well, there's no way to get out. How could we ever get them out of prison? Well, I'll tell you what. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think, right? And we look at this world in such natural senses. We need the scales removed from our eyes, just like Elisha's servant. We need to realize what God is able to do. God is able to deliver in a powerful and a mighty way. And, and we would look at those instances. You're telling me you're going to walk around with trumpets and holler and you're going to defeat these walls that no one can penetrate? Yes, because angels are fighting on your behalf. You think you're going to defeat thousands of a, of a great military because of 300 men with lamps? Yes, because angels are fighting on your behalf. You think that you're going to defeat this Assyrian army that you're greatly outnumbered? and you have no chance in the military sense? Yeah, because God's going to send his angel to defeat 185,000 Assyrians. You see, there are just so many examples. And I'd love to just take about five sermons in this series and, and consider all of them for you. But hopefully this can just spur your studies to look at all of the examples where God mightily delivered his people through angelic intervention. God's so good to us. Amen. God is so good to his people to protect us, to strengthen us, and during our times of greatest need. And I want you to understand this, child of God. During your times of greatest need, when he says he'll never leave you or forsake you, yes, Christ is always with you in your heart. He is always Christ in you, the hope of glory. And God is providentially moving to protect you. And one of the main ways that God will never leave you or forsake you is that during your times of greatest need, oh, be reminded that there are angels all around you. There are angels all around you. And that should give us such boldness. That should give us such courage to know that we are not alone, that God has sent angels to fight on our behalf. And isn't it good to have somebody fighting on your behalf that can kill 185,000 people in one swoop? <laughs> Boy, isn't it good to know that there are always more with us than are with them. We are always a majority of one when we are on Christ's side because the captain of our salvation has legions of angels, billions of angels that are dispatched to defend the elect, to defend me and you. Boy, that should just excite your spiritual senses, amen? That should just excite us to know that God fights on our behalf every single day. Lord, bless us to do our part and to pick up the armor of God and the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith and do our part to fight a good fight, but with the understanding, Lord, please send your angels to encamp round about us and know that in your time of greatest need, God will always send angels to minister to you, to strengthen you, and to protect you. Praise God for this glimpse into this spiritual truth that God has given us in Scripture. May God open our spiritual eyes to where we can understand, just as Elisha's servant, there are more with us than be with them. May God bless you this morning.
If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist church in your area. Visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com to search for a Primitive Baptist church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find additional contact information. This program is also available on iTunes under podcasts with the title, The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Baptist radio broadcast. If you enjoy our program, send us an email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. Come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 and tune in next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray that God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful.